0: Four years ago, today, I stood here for the first time, and it talked about how we all have a piece of the puzzle, and how it all takes each of us to uh, do what God's calling us to do, and uh, it's been quite a ride, no doubt, and... Uh, we're thankful for y'all, we appreciate y'all, and thank you for appreciating us as well. Now, we're experiencing this shift, uh, um, a change right now, because fall is upon us, right? And you felt the weather part of it, right, because it's chilly, the chilly temps, especially at nighttime. Um, it's been over 70 the last couple of days, so we're back to whatever, whatever that means, um, daylight Savings Time last night, amen, whatever that does to you, um, which made some of you really early for church today, which is good. And you are a lot more alert. It also means it'll be dark in 10 minutes. Uh, and uh, we turned the page to November on the calendar, square in the middle of football season. How are we doing still so far? I know that's what you're paying attention to because um, there is a game going on in Germany right now. Uh, it also means that we're headed into one of the most exciting, most busy, most anticipated times of the year, right? November kind of kicks that off. I can uh, saw a ton of posts on social media on Tuesday on Halloween while we're passing out candy, um, that they're excited for Halloween to finish so Christmas can start, you know? And I'm all for Christmas, All right. And I'm all for Christmas music and the Advent season and Christmas traditions. Um, I did not say decorations. I said traditions. Um, But I'm all for all of that, okay? But can we take a minute and advocate for Thanksgiving? Just a second, you know? Because it's more important. It's not, like, Thanksgiving's not more important than Christmas, right? I'm not saying that. Because on the Christian calendar, Thanksgiving's not really a big deal. All right, Uh, obviously Christmas is significant, but Thanksgiving is this great opportunity for all of us to be reminded of all the things that God has blessed us with. It's kind of, uh, um, it's honestly a launch pad for our hearts and to like just leading into Advent and into Christmas to remind us that we have it pretty good as Christians, all right? So during um, the month of November, we're going to be focusing on three words, okay? Three words. I thank God. Can you say it? Say it out loud. I thank God. Nicely done. All right. Because here's the story. If, if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, you should be one of the best thanksgivers out there, right? Thanksgiving should be as common as breath to you. I'm not talking about the the Thursday that comes up in November every every year. But I'm talking about actual thanksgiving, the action of thanksgiving. You should be one of the best ones out there. Because um, what can you be more thankful for than living in the will and the grace of God? You can't be more thankful for anything than that, right? I mean... Think about it. If you're, a, if you're a Jesus follower, the grace of God has been extended to you, and you accepted it. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. And accepting that grace sets your eternal direction to heaven and in the presence of God. What else can you be more thankful for, All right? There are truly not enough hours in the day that we can... Actually, we've got an extra one, so maybe we should give it a shot. Um, but there's not enough hours in the day available to us to thank God for all the grace that he extends to us. Because b- before grace, uh, before grace ex- experiencing God's grace in your life, you are on a path to destruction, right? To eternal death. So when you become a Christian, you should be the absolute best thanksgiver ever, right? I want to give us a couple of thoughts today. Um, for all of us to help put how we give thanks some priority. And um, these are three things that we'll lean on over the next couple of weeks as we share about uh, being great thanksgivers, the actual action of giving thanks. The first thought's this. Uh, everything I have belongs to God. Everything I have Belongs to God. Second thought is this. God has entrusted some to me. God's entrusted some to me. The third thought is this. What God entrusts to me, I am to use for him. Okay? So let's look at those for just a a few seconds. Everything I have belongs to God. And you can just start evaluating that right now. Okay, but here's an internal battle of surrender already. First of all, yes, we're talking about physical possessions, all right? The things that we, all the stuff that you own, does does it belong to God? Well, it does. The answer is yes, okay? All the stuff that you own belongs to God. Even if you're the one that paid it off, it belongs to God, okay? If you have the receipt for the purchase... Belongs to God, okay? And if you are considered the owner, nevertheless, it still belongs to God. But we're also talking about the non-material stuff, okay? That all those things that you possess that you can't hold on to, all right? Talking about your abilities, right? Your health, maybe your family, those kind of things, all right? Those things belong to God, right? That, so, so this first thought, it's a surrender alert, okay? Because the more all that stuff piles up, the material things, the, the abilities, the family, the, the health, the good things that are going on in our lives, the more that stuff piles up in our, in our midst, it, it's exceptionally hard to live a fully surrendered life of following Jesus. It just is. Because with all your stuff, you know, we tend to need Jesus a little less, it seems like. When we just we can just depend on the stuff, okay? And except when things get conveniently bad for you, then you go, "Oh, okay, then we go back to Jesus." Right? But when things are good, we got the stuff, and then when the stuff kind of breaks, then we get, we need Jesus. That's kind of the way it works. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has this encounter with a guy who has a lot of stuff. And you don't have to turn there today because we're just going to take one peek at it. But this guy, what he wants, he wants eternal life. And he's going to have it one way or the other. Okay? He's young, he's influential, he's rich. Okay? He's a good person. And we can read about him, Matthew. Chapter 19, and uh, I'll just I'll read it real quick, you don't have to turn there, but it, he's known as the rich young ruler, and in chapter 19, he, he's talking to Jesus, and um, it, the story goes like this. Jesus, then, he's talking, just then a man came to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And the the, the man says, well, which ones? Which ones do I keep, right? That's kind of what we want to know. Which, Which rules are important, right? Well, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother, amen. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. Well, all these I've kept, the man said. What do I still lack? So here's the deal. The, the guy, the, the young man, he's rich, and he follows the Ten Commandments, which was the gold standard at the time, right? So he's in good shape, right? Sounds like a keeper, right? He's, he's going to make it. But then Jesus kind of throws him a curveball, verse 21, and, and it says this. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have and you will have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. The rich man, he had everything, all the stuff, but it owned him. It didn't belong to God. It belonged to him. And when our earthly stuff owns us, it can be a huge distraction to placing our faith fully in God. For the record, I'm not asking you to go and uh, you know, sell all your stuff and give the money to the poor, or to give it to the church. That's not what I'm asking you. Unless, of course, that's what God's prompting you to do. Then be obedient to what God is prompting you to do, not what I'm telling you to do. At this point, everything I have belongs to God. That's the point. And if it doesn't, then surrender is what's necessary. Not selling. Surrender. So the second point is this. God's entrusted some to me. And by some, here's what I mean. Some. He's given me some. He hasn't given me everything. He's given me some. And there are some people that have more some than I do. Right? And that you do. And there are other people that have less some than I do. Okay? But God has entrusted some to you. And Jesus told a parable in the book of Matthew that uh, about a master. He was, going on, he was going on a vacation or he was going out of town, and uh, he gave different amounts of, of bags of gold to his servants. And in Matthew uh, 25, 15, he says, "One to one he gave five bags of gold, one he gave two bags of gold, and another he gave one bag of gold, each according to his own ability. So here's the deal. God's entrusted some things to us, Maybe it's, not, uh, maybe it's not more, some, because of our ability, not be- of our physical ability, just our ability to manage it all. You got a lot on your plate. Maybe you don't have more going on because you have so much going on, you can't manage it. Maybe the amount um, that you have, it's a whole bunch because you have the ability to manage it all, right? And that changes from time to time in our lives. According to the season that you're in, right? So the amount or the sum that God has entrusted us uh, that God's entrusted us with, it's really irrelevant. The amount. What's important is how we steward that sum, with the purpose and, and, and the purpose for which we serve Him with. And remember the first thought about how. Everything we have belongs to Him. So no matter how much He's given us, it belongs to Him. Okay, So it, regardless of how much, it belongs to God. And the third thing is this, what God entrusts to me, I'm to use for Him. Again, pointing back to, to our first thought, all we have belongs to God, then it should be used for Him, Right? It's our responsibility to, um, uh, well, when we think about uh, the things that God's entrusted to us are the sum that he's given to us, it's our responsibility to reinvest that back into the mission and the purpose of God, of going and making disciples, right? Being a disciple that's making more disciples. That means that our money, which belongs to him, right? If it belongs to us, it really belongs to him. That means that our money should be used for Him and sharing the gospel with others. And that's hard because we really like our money, right? And discipling those around us. That means that our skills and our abilities that we possess, well, it should be used for Him and honoring God with our talents and our behaviors and making it known who has blessed us with those skills and abilities, right? And it means that um, if the, the time that you have, okay, can I take a second here? We all have the same amount of time in a day, amen? There's 24 hours, we all have it. It's the amount of time that you choose, okay, and I'm not gonna get up on a soapbox, but we all have the same amount of time. How do you use it? That's literally up to you. And how much time you fill up your schedule with okay and so when you say well I don't have time well you do you have the same amount of time everyone else does It's just about how you choose to use it that's all anyway it means that you have time to serve you should be using that time for him honoring God by investing in doing his work okay and whether it be at the church or at your kiddo's school or in the community somewhere, regardless, all while doing it in the name of Jesus, right, who's entrusted you with that time, okay, and being a good steward of that time. So as we move forward today, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to use those three thoughts, that everything I have belongs to God, and he's entrusted me with some things, and everything he's entrusted me with, I'm to use for him. The rest of the day, I want to dig into a little more about this idea of gratitude, of thanks giving. Okay, so um, gratitude, this this concept, it's a humbling one. Okay, you know you can't make someone be thankful. Did you know that? You know you can't make someone forgive you either. You can't make someone be thankful. Uh, I need a volunteer. Anybody want to volunteer? Mac, you want to be a volunteer? I see that hand. Come on. You come. Mac, come on. All right. This is all family worship. I got two kids. Come on. It's going to be super hard. Are you ready? It's so hard. Okay. All right. Here it is. I have two candy bars in each hand. All you have to do is take it. You're welcome. Hey, you're welcome. That's it. Thank you. Wonderful job. Let's give them all a hand. Come on. Yeah. So um, they both said thank you. They expressed their gratitude, and they were scared to death that I was going to ask them to do more, right? But they expressed their gratitude. What if they didn't? What if they just took it, grabbed it, and ran, right? What, what would have happened, okay? I couldn't make them. I could not make them tell me thank you. They could have taken it, and I could have chased them back down and, and followed them to their seat and told them, hey, tell me thank you. Come on. I give you a candy bar. Give me, tell me thank you now. Or as a former kids pastor, what would you do? You know, you'd know, you coach them through that. Okay, and parents, we do this, right? Now, what would you say? What do you say? And then our kids always say, well, thank you. Well, they don't mean that because you told them to say thank you, right? They're not grateful. They're doing it because you told them because they fear what the consequence of not saying thank you is. They're not, there's no gratitude. There's a consequence coming behind that. Okay? Eventually, they understand that we're supposed to be grateful for what someone gives us, right? And so every kid knows the answer to uh, what do you say, all right? They, they figure that out pretty quick, even though they've probably already eaten the candy bar. And you can eat the candy bars. Go for it. Don't share it. No, you do. Do share. Maybe. I don't know. That's not up to me. Um, and... And and why? Why are they? Because, you know, they're full of gratitude for the candy bar, probably. And they didn't have to do anything for it, huh? or the, you know, they just they were afraid of, if they didn't say thank you up here on the platform, I'm dead. might whoop them later, right? And so you never know. But I gave the candy bar. That was my part. And I can't make them be thankful for it. I can't do anything. I could try. Again, I could demand gratitude. But gratitude is given. It's not taken. Gratitude is an expression from something that's received. Okay? Gratitude is a path to the presence and the power of God in our Christian life. Because it's all about humility. Humility. We have to get out of our own way to have gratitude. Understanding that we rely on God for our daily bread, to resource us for everything for the breath that we have in our lungs, for the meal that we have on our plate, for the roof that we have over our head. Understanding that we surrender all that we have to God because it belongs to Him anyway. And we're thankful. We express our gratitude to God because of what he's done for us, what he's done in us and through us. So today, we've been given more than a candy bar, right? Because we're God's chosen people. He's extended grace to us. And yes, he's given each of us a different amount because some of us need a little more grace, amen? I need a lot of grace. And, you know, we each have a different amount, and whatever we have belongs to God. Our abilities, our talent, our money, our resources, the amount of time to be willing to honor Him with, right? And all those things are in place to serve God so we can come alongside those that are in need, So we can lift up our neighbor and bear one another's burden. So we can work together to share the name of Jesus with everyone that we encounter. That's the point. By using what God has entrusted us with for his glory and be thankful. It's important to all of us that gratitude is a matter of our heart, not a matter of our stuff. Because we can get caught up in that a lot of time. Well, I can't give much because I don't have much. But that's not the matter of gratitude. You can have a lot and still be thankful. You can have not much and be thankful. The key is what? Be thankful. Paul reminds us in the book of Colossians, if you'd like to turn there today, we'll be there. Colossians is in the New Testament. And... um, Paul wrote a bunch of letters to different places that he planted churches, and uh, the Colossian Church is one of those, and um, he, he reminds us of how our priorities should look like as a Jesus follower when it comes to having gratitude, and um, first of all, here's, here's the, the first priorities that we should have right at the beginning of chapter 3 in Colossians. He says, "Since then you've been you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Here's your priority. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Everything we have, what belongs to him?" And the purpose of all the things we have is to use it for him. So as we continue to read, Paul wrote in chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, and this is fantastic when it comes to this attitude of gratitude, having a heart of thanks. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, kindness, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom and through psalms and hymns and spiritual and songs from, spiritual, from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever. Whatever you do, do it. That's what Paul told him, right? Whatever you do, do it. Whatever you do, but give thanks to God when you do. Do it in the name of Jesus and do it giving thanks to God. So as we wrap up today, when it comes to your gratitude, when it comes to assessing your thanksgiving, how good of a thanksgiver are you? Are you good at giving thanks? How are you doing at it? Like, are you good at when somebody says, gives you a candy bar? Can you say thank you? Yeah. And and giving God your thanks, how good are you at that? Are you living out that list that Paul gave us, right? Do you clothe yourself with compassion for others? Do you have a kind heart? Are you humbly deferring to God every day? Is gentleness and patience and afterthought when nothing else seems to work, right? Well, I'll, I'll just have patience then since I can't just bully my way through it all, right? Because gratitude is given, right? It's, not, it's an expression to something that's received. Nobody can take it from you. And, and how we give our thanks to God, it's humbly offered. It's not taken. So... This week, it's just something that we get to chew on, okay? And I, 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 do I treat my life and all the things in it like they belong to God? Well, think about that this week. Do I treat my life and all the things in it like they belong to God? Do I worry about the quantity that God has given to me? over stewarding the quality that he has given to me according to my ability. Maybe he hasn't given you a whole lot because right now you just simply can't manage it right. Maybe you just need to manage what you have right now. Then the rest will come later because that's the patience part that Paul was talking about. So do I use what God has entrusted to me for his purpose? So in the next nine weeks, between today and January 7th, we have a lot going on here at the church. There's a lot going on um, at home, right? Maybe a lot going on at work, a lot going on at school. We have this opportunity to approach this crazy busy time with gratitude and with thanksgiving, like the literal day and the literal action. And as the opportunity arises to invest your time, maybe through the live nativity or through Operation Christmas Child or any number of community-based service opportunities that we have around this town, I encourage you to invest it like what you have truly belongs to God. And give it thankfully. Don't just, oh, I got to go serve. I'm going to be tired tomorrow. No, just go and do it. Because that's what the time that you have that you gave, you decided to do. That's great. Because God loves what? A grumpy giver. Yeah. He loves it when you wake up tired and gr- grumpy, but you know who does love it? Starbucks when you go get the coffee in the morning to wake you up, right? Because you're, you, have the, you have the ability to go get that to wake you up. That's what you should be thankful for. And he also loves a cheerful giver, okay? And when you have the opportunity, you know, when the opportunity arises to invest your dollars possibly with Live Nativity or an Operation Christmas Child or supporting our district-sponsored um, pastor and family that will unveil next week. And, or maybe, maybe you know that you, uh, you've not been tithing the, the, the first fruits of what God's given you. Or maybe you God's been giving you this idea on your heart that you should be given this or this or this. I don't know. But when you have this opportunity to give your dollars, I encourage you to invest those funds like they truly belong to God. And give it thankfully. And as the opportunity arises to invest our talents and our skills, this is super important. From age 5 to 95 okay because god gives those and we just let them sit there it seems like maybe it's with the live nativity or cooking meals over the holidays for other people or playing playing or singing in the worship team or any other number of things that you can lend your abilities toward in in church activities or school activities or wherever the case may be i encourage you to invest those skills Like they truly belong to God and give them thankfully. Or, as Paul so eloquently put them, whatever you do, whatever, do it in His name and give thanks to God. Because that's the type of thanksgiver that God wants, that God embraces and receives as a form of worship from us because it's a response. Worship is a response of what we value the most. It's a response to something that God has given to us. That's what gratitude is. So we'll get to unpack that over the next few weeks. look forward to sharing how we thank God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for all the blessings that you have given to us in our life. For our families who are not perfect. For our jobs that are not perfect. For our kids they are not perfect. All the things that you have included in our lives that we know that you've given to us. They belong to you. And Father, we give them back to you right now. We surrender them to you. When we have a hard time Uh, letting go, and they maybe own us. Maybe it's uh, a physical possession, maybe it's a, a, uh, it's a, a talent, a skill, whatever the case is, Father, we just give it back to you. We know, God, that you've blessed us with so many things, and we're so thankful, Father. And as we give, Father, we just give it thankfully, knowing that you can do so much through us. But even more, you can do so much in us by showing us how you use your children here on this earth to spread your gospel. So, Father, as we go out, help us this week to think about what it is that you've given us and how we can use it for you, whether it be our time, whether it be our skills and our abilities, whether it be our money, all of those things. And we give it faithfully to you, and we do it cheerfully and with gratitude. Lord, we love you. Send us this day in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Go have a great day. Enjoy it while the sun is still up for the next 10 minutes. God bless you all. Have a great day.